you know, it was at the uh, O'Malley, uh, Peter O'Malley Fields that the Dodgers did back there, which was really cool because I had only seen that on YouTube. Um, but when you're there, it's it's a nice field. But here in the U.S., especially in the last 20 years, um, in high school especially, you, you really kind of get judged as a coach, at least in California, partly how your field looks. Um, and if you go to a ragtag field in California, it generally says that the program either doesn't play much or that the coach doesn't put a lot of time in. And sometimes that's unfair, but that is what is going on, especially at least in California right now. Um, but when I got there, I didn't care that the field didn't look like Dodger Stadium. I just couldn't believe that I was actually doing baseball in Ireland. And I had these adults that were wanting to learn like young kids do at the camps that I do. That was Darren Murphy, head baseball coach at South Hills High School in West Covina, California. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Irish Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Rick Becker. Darren Murphy will be my guest on the show today. We will cover a number of topics, including his new role as an ambassador for the Irish American Baseball Society, Thanks for joining us, Darren. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So the first thing I want to discuss, but we have a lot to talk about on this episode, is your brand new role as an Irish baseball ambassador. I think all of us would love a title that fancy. And what does it mean? What are you going to be doing in this new role? Well, it's exciting. And um, yeah, it's quite a word. Um, it's uh, a lot in it. And um it's very broad, but uh, John and I had been going back and forth for six months or so, maybe close to a year or so on something that fit and something that can help out in return uh, for myself and scratch the itch that I had to get involved in. Uh, I think we found something that's perfect. Um, I guess the duties include really trying to get the word out about the Irish American Baseball Society, try to get baseball really going in Ireland with the kids. But I think the ultimate dream for all of us is world baseball classic. And so I'm going to do my part on the West coast, trying to, to get that going. And John will probably come up with some different ideas and different things we can do. But um, I think all of us out here, we feel like uh, we really got to increase the uh, exposure out here on the West coast, the Irish American baseball society from what we've seen is really heavy on the East coast and maybe in the Midwest, but we really need to get the numbers going yeah, and of course, when you say John, you're talking about John Fitzgerald, founder of the Irish American Baseball Society, and we have had discussions about that as well. Like, we tried to reach out to teams and authors and people all throughout the country because, yes, there is a huge conglomerate of Irish Americans in the Northeast, but... We are all throughout the country, and I think sometimes, and I'm sure that you could probably verify this as an Irish American in Southern California, you feel like you get left out a little bit because of the high concentration in the Northeast. There, there's enough of us here, and especially family, we, we definitely feel, feel well represented, and we have our share of Irish festivals and fairs and things like that. But um, I saw it more actually once I joined the uh, this uh, Irish American Baseball Society that 
most of you guys are on the East Coast. And obviously with New York and Boston, especially, we, you know, that's where the heavy um, number of Irish Americans are located, uh, you know, for obvious reasons and historically and so forth. But um, we haven't felt that left out, <laughs> but we are uh, we are definitely going to try to increase the numbers in this society to, to to really get it going. And I was telling somebody yesterday, you know, baseball and Ireland, my two worlds colliding. So uh, this has been a really nice thing to kind of discover just on the Internet about a year ago or so and then uh, find out more and more what we're trying to do. And I am very proud to be a part of it and um, excited to get to work. So for anybody just uh, hearing of you for the first time, like you said, you've been in the organization for about a year now. You have had a very successful high school baseball coaching career. Why don't you talk about that for a little bit and how long you've been doing it and just scratch the surface a little bit on your coaching. I've always known when my days were done playing that I wanted to coach. I didn't stumble upon this. Uh, I'm the youngest of four siblings and um, we're a very, very baseball oriented family. Um, two older brothers and an older sister who all played baseball and softball. Both of my parents coached. Um, in fact, my dad's first job was at the old Tiger Stadium in Detroit when he was 16 years old. He worked there for a couple of years before joining the Marines, which that's why he came out to California and that's how we ended up out here. But I grew up baseball from day one and, um, being the youngest, I, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to teach and I wanted to be a baseball coach. And um, I've been a head coach and a teacher now for 26 years uh, at two different schools, one at Northview High School in Covina, where I went to school, and then I coached for 15 years. And then I've moved over now in the last 11 years. I've been at South Hills High School in West Covina, California. And we've been very successful at both. Um, we've won our fair share of games and titles and things like that. But one thing that we've been really fortunate is we've uh, gotten about 50 kids off to Division One schools and pl at different colleges through the country and helping kids get to college. And um, we've been able to do that, and that's my, my pride and joy And looking back, knowing that we've made some young lives better and allowed them a chance to play at the next level. And uh, we're still in the midst of it. We got a good team coming back this year. We had the lead in the championship game last year in the seventh. We lost a heartbreaker. So you talk about trying to get some of these players to move on to college, but obviously that's not everybody's destiny. Like you're going to have players who – maybe don't have that talent and they're playing baseball for maybe the last time in their career for you. And you're trying to develop players for the next level at the same time. How do you balance that trying to make sure that you're not just focusing on those players who are going to go to the next level and you're focusing on the entire roster? That that's a very good point, And that is a battle. And something in particular through the country, every single kid is thinking about college baseball now in seventh, eighth grade. And that's a good thing because you have a goal, but we really also talk to the kids about staying in the present and high school 
could be one of the greatest times of your life and making sure that we stay in the present and we enjoy the high school experience. We do a ton of things uh, here at the school. We um, take a lot of pride and we travel. We've been to Hawaii four or five times. We go to Las Vegas, Nevada each year. We go down to San Diego every couple of years. We're going to Arizona next weekend. And yes, there is a focus on can we get you to the next level? But that's only 5% of kids that play baseball, maybe even less. But it's very difficult because a lot of the kids choose to come here because of our success in doing that. But we're trying our best. And it's a battle to live in the present and enjoy high school first. And then if you are given the chance, enjoy the college experience when it comes. But we so much as a society today want to look forward. You know, we get even as adults, we're trying to we're trying to live ahead of ourselves rather than enjoy the present. And I think um, all of us have battled that cell phone addiction and making sure we put our phone down and we live in the present at home with our families and so forth. But it even goes across into, um, you know, going on the baseball field and just enjoying today and enjoying the moment rather than, Hey, where am I going to be in five years? Where am I going to be in four years? That's really for adults to do. And unfortunately with the college and everybody wanting to go and everybody expecting an opportunity we're getting away from really enjoying how great high school is. So we've talked to a fair number of college coaches on the podcast and now talking to a high school coach. I want to get sort of the other end of this because we tried to talk about how do you talk to some of these kids, some of these younger players where they can focus on the little things but you can tell them why they're important. And that's still a big thing, even in college, like saying, this is why this is important. Cause sometimes you'll talk about some of the different numbers or some of the different analytics, or you'll talk about even just a different fundamental or developing a new pitch as a pitcher. How do you stress not only what you're doing, but why it's important. Cause some kids learn better when they know why they're doing something instead of just doing it from being told something. The first thing that comes to mind listening to you say all those things is a, a saying that we have and uh, the littlest things amount to big things. And I think our kids have done really well here when they move on to the college level because we stress a lot of the little things. And I think our game that we play in high school is parallel to college. Um, meaning, you know, we bunt, we hit and run, we read balls in the dirt. We do all these little things to try to get us to give us advantages. Or if we see things on the other side that we can try to take advantage of where I think the travel ball game, which is more of a summer deal. I think they're more parallel with the pro game. So when they come back from summer and we get into fall baseball, um, it's a little bit of a, a change of thought and trying to get them to get back into the thought of high school, you know, behaving in the classroom, uh, being on time. Uh, when we get to the field, everybody wearing the same thing. Um, we're very, very particular. And when they first get here, it's a little bit of a, wow, you know, coach is on me about my shirt. He's on me about having the right hat. 
Um, but I'm trying to build how important within the game you have to do all the little things right. So at the end of the game, you're in a position to win. Um, oftentimes, before you get to the field, the game is already lost. And it's lost because of lack of preparation or it's lost because of lack of focus. So we do a lot of things about focusing. Um, we have a lot of guest speakers come in and talk about it. Um, we have a very good staff. I'm very fortunate. I make each of our coaches get up on Wednesdays and address the team about any topic that they want to talk about. So kids get used to learning and listening to different voices because they're going to go to college. They're going to listen to different professors or they're going to have different coaches at that time. Or eventually when they get to the workplace, they're going to have different bosses. And, you know, you, part of being successful is being able to focus. And so we, we drill into them a lot of the fundamentals and uh, the little things, how they amount to the big things and how these things that seem very little, and we keep using that word little, but these things that seem very unimportant or that a lot of people don't talk about, um, they're going to put you in a position to hopefully get you to be talked about or get us as a team to be talked about because we're winning and we're doing things right because we take care of all the little things. I'm, I'm sorry if that's becoming redundant or I'm saying the same thing, but um, that is what I think of when you ask that question. Well, I think a lot of coaching is being redundant because you have to instill these messages and you can't just give the message on the first day of practice and then go hit grounders and then go take BP. You have to continue to pump the same message over and over again because it has to really sink into your players. So I understand exactly why you're doing it. <laughs> We've all had those good coaches who make sure we understand the philosophy of a season of a team. So I totally get why you're doing that. You recently had a trip to Ireland where you gave a free clinic to youth baseball coaches. So now you're going from teaching players and coaching players to trying to basically coach a new generation of coaches and build the game in another country where it's not quite as popular. So how do you go about doing that? And how do you almost not assume that they know as much about the game as people do here in the U S well, that, that opportunity was um, a, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And I, I wish we would have caught more of it on video and probably taken, taken more photos. I guess that's like every family vacation back in the old days. We all wish we would have captured more. Um, but it will be a great memory to me because if you saw it, it was nothing fancy. You know, it was at the, uh, O'Malley, uh, Peter O'Malley fields that the Dodgers did back there, which was really cool because I had only seen that on YouTube. Um, but when you're there, it's, it's a nice field, but here in the U S especially in the last 20 years, um, it, in high school, especially, you, you really kind of get judged as a coach, at least in California, partly how your field looks. Um, and if you go to a ragtag field in California, it generally says that the program either doesn't play much 
or that the coach doesn't put a lot of time in. And sometimes that's unfair, but that is what is going on, especially at least in California right now. Um, but when I got there, I didn't care that the field didn't look like Dodger Stadium. I just couldn't believe that I was actually doing baseball in Ireland. And I had these adults that were wanting to learn like young kids do at the camps that I do. And um, I actually put the uh, the adults on the field and we started doing some throwing drills. We started doing some fielding. Um, I just started talking to them about defense and, hey, from what I'm gathering and what I'm seeing in these videos, we've got to shore up the defensive side of the game. Because if you guys can play defense and you guys can play catch, hey, if it's 0-0 in the sixth or seventh inning, you still got a shot. But if it's 10 or 11 to 1 or 10 to a, ten to 2 because you guys can't make a play, one, the kids aren't going to want to gravitate and, to coming back and keep playing. But the defensive side, in my opinion, is where the game is won at the high level. But also it's where the interest in coming back happens um, because you're in a good ball game and it's competitive. The hitting always comes later. Uh, even when we start a season, you know, the pitching and the defense is ahead of the hitting. And I took that approach when we did the the little clinic with the coaches. Um, we didn't have all day. We didn't have multiple days. So the first thing we kind of instituted was, hey, how can we get better defensively? And that we talked about positioning. I talked to them about the importance of learning to go to your left because almost every play in the infield goes to your left. And they said that was the thing that hurt their teams the most was making routine plays or let's say every play there is tough right now. Let's try to make them more of a routine play. And the expectation is that we will make these plays. So we have a chance and there isn't so much pressure on the hitting to score every time because we're giving up runs so much on the defensive side. So most of the two hours or so I was there, we really did a lot of defense. And then we uh, went to the offensive side and we just talked about where to be, very basics, where to be in the batter's box, what to look for, put the ball in play. Let's start with baby steps. And um, I've kept a, a text thread with the coaches and they said that they went on a little winning streak, uh, so forth, and they said that they really thought it helped. And um, I think it's more them probably because they're staying at it with the kids. But any way that I could have made something a little bit better um, I'm proud of and would love to, to go back and, you know, make it more than a day and maybe we get the kids next time out and um, maybe we can get a, a number of coaches or players to go. Um, I think that would go a long way with the kids there, them seeing, you know, some Americans and some Irish Americans, maybe a couple minor league to major league players uh, to spark an interest um would really get it going but it was fun absolutely darren murphy thank you so much for everything that you're trying to do here for irish baseball and of course thank you for joining us for today's episode of the irish baseball podcast thank you i appreciate it and go irish that was darren murphy ambassador for the irish american baseball society and head baseball coach at south hills high school in west covina california I'm Rick Becker. I swear this isn't on purpose, but it was probably inevitable that we would have back-to-back -back episodes with guests named Murphy. 
On December 18th, you will hear from Jamie Murphy of the Michael Collins House Museum in Clonakilty, County Cork. He also hosts the Michael Collins House Podcast. That will be in two weeks right here on the Irish Baseball Podcast.